James 5, 13 through 16. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the <clears throat> elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of the faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Hi, I'm Sharon. Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. We're part of the Tuesday morning ladies prayer team. The reason I enjoy the women's prayer team is because it has taught me to pray, and in prayer, I have found results. I enjoy watching God work. I love being together with other ladies and knowing that God meets us right there, and we could lift up whatever the need is and know He listens. Because we follow Jesus, we are called to pray for one another. All right, thank you, ladies. Hey, what a great day, huh? It's uh, great to have the baptisms and, and the um, choir up here and just to join together and worship and glad that you are chosen to be here with us today. Uh, in fact, of course, today is the beginning of a big week. And hopefully you are ready for Thanksgiving celebration and pray that you have a very blessed time over this next week. And then, of course, right after Thanksgiving, you know what happens as we hit uh, Christmas time. Can you believe it? I see a Christmas sweater. Very nice. Yes. Well, if you've seen some emails or some Facebook posts or even information in our program about our... Um, Christmas celebration, family and friends Christmas celebration. We're really looking forward to it. Coming up December 9th, encourage you to be here. It's going to be a great day. Cloverton, one of our favorite bands, are going to be here Sunday morning that morning, leading us in worship during the worship time. And they will be here then Sunday night. They're on their Christmas tour. And they rearranged their schedule just to be here to be with us on that Sunday night. And then earlier that day, we're having a celebration or a special time for our children uh, and uh, the Christmas keepsake nativity set and that they can put together as they hear the story. So information is out there. You'll be getting more about it. There's a table out at the table out at in the lobby for tickets, uh, $5 for a person, 15 maximum for a household. Uh, so thank you, and uh, we're looking forward to that great weekend. Today, we are in the fourth of fifth Sundays of our series, One Another. And we've been love one another, serve one another, have equal concern for one another. And then as you just heard today, we come to that verse out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, says, pray for one another. This letter from James was written to Hebrew Christians, Jewish Christians, who were scattered throughout the, really the Roman Empire. And it comes as a pastoral letter. And you sense James, who was the pastor, the lead pastor, elder at, there at the church in Jerusalem, you sense his pastoral heart coming through this 
passage. It's, it's, uh, it's heavy on practical living. Heavy on how we as a church, how, how the people of the church should be relating to one another and, and actually not, not as in-depth doctrinally, theologically as, as some. And in fact, it was uh, Martin Luther who called James the epistle of straw. He didn't like it because it was a little, for him a little too light on theology and grace and, and of the gospel and too strong on doing. And, but yet we look at it now and we say, what a practical book. It helps us walk in our faith day by day. And he starts right out at the beginning of James chapter 1. He says, count it all joy when you suffer. And then he, he, he builds on that and he closes it out with this call to his suffering people to pray. To pray and pray and pray and pray. And in between, he has a lot of great wisdom. A lot of great thoughts of, of how we should, as Christians, Inter interact with each other. He says things like be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger. Things like we should visit the orphans and the poors, poor. That's the way we should live with each other. He says things like show no partiality. Pastor Eric kind of talked about that last week in, in equal concern for each other. Don't, don't place the rich in the, the important people with special privileges. Don't show partiality like that. He says our deeds must accompany our faith. In fact, he tells the people there, if, if one of your brothers or sisters come up to you and they don't have any clothes, they don't have any food, it really is no good to say, oh, pray for you, go blessed, go be fed, go, go be clothed. He said your actions should match your faith. You should take care of those, take care of one another. He talks about how we should, Christians, when we interact with each other, we should tame our tongue. We should watch what we're saying. In fact, and just before this, in James chapter 9, he, he gives a, another one of those one another's but only it's in the negative. He says, do not grumble against one another. How easy it is to grumble sometimes. And so he wraps it all up as so he brings it to a close. And he says, here's how you live this Christian life. You live it by actions and deeds. You live it by caring for each other. You live it by, by honoring the, the least of these. And that's how we take care of each other. And he says, and then he wraps it up with this big bow around the package. And he says, and we pray for each other. We pray one for another. And in that first verse, there were three categories of people. There was the, the sick. He said, if you're sick, or sorry, excuse me, the suffering was first, suffering. If you're suffering, you should pray. He said, if you're cheerful, you should sing praises. And if you're sick, you should call on the elders and let them pray. Now, he doesn't say that the, the suffering shouldn't sing praises too. And he doesn't say that those who are joyful shouldn't pray. We should do all of those. No matter what, we should do this. In fact, a great example of that, I think, is right there in Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul and Silas were in jail, if you remember that. They had been arrested. They had been beaten. They had been stripped. They had been flogged severely. And they had been cast into the inner prison. And they were waiting what might, come ha might happen next. And would you agree with me that that's, that would meet the definition of suffering? <laughs> that would meet, the, to me, that, to me that's, that's the extreme definition of suffering. But the scripture tells us that it came about midnight. And they were doing what, what James later said they were, they were praying, but also says they were singing praises. 
They were singing hymns to the Lord. And so just because James is giving some pastoral advice here and says pray doesn't mean you shouldn't also be singing praises. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't also be asking others to pray for us. This is what he's saying. As the body of Christ, we have our needs, we suffer, we go through trials, and sometimes we rejoice. But we do it, and when we do it, we pray. And while we, while we do it, we sing praises. And while we do it, we pray for each other. And that was, that was James' dream for his church, James, for the church of Jesus Christ, that they'd be caring for each other in that way. And so all through this passage today that, that Josie read for us, we see this either pray or prayer. Four verses, we see it five times. First one was in verse 13, where it says, it said that uh, if you're suffering, you should pray. And verse 14, if you're sick, you should call them the elders, and they should pray. Then he says in verse 15, it's the prayer of faith that will save the sick. And then in verse 16, he says, we should pray for one another. And then he closes out with the prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. And it's clear in here. It's clear in here. It's clear in where, in where everything that Paul writes is it's not just the duty of the elders to pray. It's not just the duty of the pastors to pray. Sure, we bring our, 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 our for anointing, we, as we come to, and he says, come to the elders. But then he says, pray for one another. It's all of our duties to pray for each other. As the body of Christ, we lift each other up. I, I love what the Apostle Paul has to say about this. And I, I'm reading out of Ephesians chapter 6, right? The passage of the armor of God where, where we are told that this is not a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle we're involved in. And we need to pick up all the weapons and, and, and guard ourselves and, and for this battle with Satan. And listen to these verses that follow, uh, that end this out of the message. I, kinda, I like the way the message says this. It says this, prayer is essential in the ongoing welfare. Prayer is essential in this ongoing welfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up. Why? So that no one falls behind or drops out. Hard and long. The, the meaning of that is pray at all times. Keep praying. Paul says in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Pray, pray, pray. Pray continually. And then the brothers and sisters is also translated as all the saints. Pray for all the saints. Pray for those who, have, who are part of the body of Christ. Not just here, not just those sitting in your seats with you and in, your, in the row with you, but, but pray for those who are throughout the church. Pray for those who are throughout the churches of Northeast Ohio, throughout the United States, throughout the world. Lift up the body of Christ and pray for them. And he says, keep your eyes open. And, and the, the meaning there is to be alert. Be alert. Certainly to be alert for Satan, because that's a lot what that scripture is about, but also to be alert for the needs of those around you. Be alert for your Christian brother and sister who's struggling, who's in trials. Last week, Pastor Eric talked about proximity. And as we become proximate with each other, as, you, as you're in the body of Christ and you get to know people, you get to know their needs. You, need to get, you get to know their trials. You get to know their temptations. They're struggling points. James is calling us, and Paul is too, to pray for each other. 
in those situations so that no one falls behind or drops out. My heart aches. It's so tragic when we see somebody who has been walking with the Lord, someone who has, who has been, been solid in their faith, and for some reason, through the trials and the sufferings of the world, they start to fall behind or maybe fall out. I think I should have prayed more. Should have prayed more. And Paul says, I, I love Paul here because he's not only saying pray for all those people, pray for each other, pray for everyone, but he's not too, too proud to say and pray for me. In fact, the next verse goes on. He says this, and don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I, I will know what to say, have the courage to say it, and at the right time. Telling the mystery to one and all, the message that I, jailbird preacher that I am, am responsible for getting out. Paul not only says, pray for me, and, and sometimes, you know, I can be guilty of, of just, well, praying for, for Joe, and Lord, I pray for Joe, and, or Lord, bless Joe, or something like that. But, but, but in this case, he says, and here is what I need. Here's, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where the challenges in my life are. And as we get proximate with each other, we should be sharing these areas of challenge, sharing these areas that God needs to work in us. And Paul says, the first thing that I need is I need to know what to say. And actually what that, what that means is I need God's spirit to tell me what to say. I need to hear from God. I, I, I hope you pray that for, for whoever's up here every Sunday morning, that they're hearing from God. Because sometimes, I got to tell you what, it comes Wednesday or Thursday, and I, I'm kind of like Paul, uh, Lord, I need to know what to say. <laughs> But I know that's the way with you, too, is, is you're led into homes, you're led into places of work, as you're led into places at school, and God has called you to say something. He says, Lord, I need to know what to say here. I need to know what to say here. Then he says this, and, and, <laughs> and I need the courage to say it. It's one thing to know what to say, but it's the next thing to have the courage to say it. And then he says, and at the right time. I think he's, he's praying for not only courage, but he's praying for discernment. We need discernment. We need to know what to say, but we know when to keep our mouth shut too, don't we? <laughs> we, know when to, we need to know when to listen. We need to know when God is saying, now's the time, I've given you what to say. Take the courage, take it and say it. Share your faith. Give a word of encouragement. Pray for that person. And he says, hey, that's how you need to pray for me. And, and I tell you, we could pray for that for a lot of people, but how do you pray for somebody? How do you pray for somebody that's in your community group? How do you pray for somebody that you're in the church that you know struggling? How do you pray for that individual that, that's close to you that's going through a tough time? I thought about this week and how do I pray, and it depends on the need. That's why when we know people, when God has placed people in our paths, when God's placed people in our circles, and we get to know them, and we get to walk this Christian faith with them, we should be praying for one another. I started to think, what are some of the things that, that we can lift up in prayer when you know somebody's need? I just, I just started making a list. Uh, some people I know, when I pray, they need comfort. Pray for comfort. Some need peace. Some need discernment, a lot like Paul. Some need healing. Some need power. Some need joy. Some need courage. Some that I'm praying for need a gentle spirit. Some need freedom. Some need patience. 
Some need wisdom. Some need encouragement. Some need strength. Some need perseverance. Some need hope. Some need to repent. Some need to be forgiven or to forgive. Some need clarity. Some need deliverance. Some need an open heart. And we could go on and on and on. What do those that you are praying for, what's their need? Be specific in your prayers. If they need healing and they need healing from something specific, pray specifically. If they need encouragement, pray for their encouragement for that situation. If they need clarity because they're so confused over what's going on in their lives, pray for clarity and pray for God's direction in their lives. When we, when we pray and we're praying for one another, it's not just a, oh, bless all of us. <laughs> it's, it's getting personal. It's caring for each other, enough that we care enough that we'll take time out of praying for ourselves and our needs and we'll actually lift up our brothers and sisters. That's what the body of Christ is all about. Pray for each other. Paul knows, James knows, that when the church prays, when the church prays, God moves. When the church prays, God moves. The best example I know of that is another story out of Acts, Acts chapter 12. You might remember that story. Peter is in prison. He's been arrested. James, not the James who wrote this book, the other James, the brother of John, has just been killed by Herod. The first martyr of the, of the, of the disciples. He's been, he's been killed and, and Herod saw that it pleased the Jews. And so what he did is he got Peter and he threw him in prison. And if it hadn't been for the fact that it was the Feast of the Unleavened Bread and Passover, he would have killed him then. But he said, I'll wait till afterwards, and when this is over, I'm going to bring him out, and we'll get rid of him. And, and it says in there, in fact, Acts chapter 12, verse 5 tells us this, Peter was kept in prison, but, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. You know, in the scriptures, I love to read those passages, what we call the but God passages. You know, everything's going wrong, everything's going bad, but God. There's disaster happening, but God. I don't see any way out of this, but God. I love this one, it's different. It doesn't say but God. First it says, but the church. Disaster was happening. If disaster was going to happen, but the church church got to pray. And when the church prays, God moves. Peter's in prison. He's surrounded by four squads of four soldiers each. Four times four is what? It's like, all right, math people, all right. Sixteen. Sixteen, they're surrounded. And he's in prison. He's got the chains on his wrists. And the scripture tells us that those chains fell off and the angel came and let him out through doors. It just opened up. When the church prayed, God moves. What's funny, though, I, I, I don't know funny, I, what's, what's interesting here is it says, the, the, in talking about sickness, the prayer of faith, you know, when we get the whole story of this church, I'm sure they were praying in faith, but, you know, sometimes our faith is weak. Peter walks out of prison, and, and he even says himself, he thinks he's dreaming. Is this really, am I just walking out? Did, did I just walk by the guards and they didn't even say anything? What's going on here? And he walks out and he, he walks to the home where the church was praying and he knocks on the door. They open the door and, and 
Rhoda, the, the servant girl, was so surprised, she shut the door and went and told Peter's here. And all the people said, ah, it can't be Peter, he's in jail. <laughs> the very people who are praying for his release. I understand, though, I understand, what, I understand what it's like to pray in faith, but also wondering, you know, is it really happening? This week, as, as I knew we were praying or going to be speaking on this, on this topic, and we went into our staff meeting on Tuesday, and our staff just going through, like, like you and everybody else, times where people needed uh, prayer. We needed to pray for each other. And so I went around the room and said, first of all, tell me how you, we can pray for you. And so we had each person go around, and they were saying, boy, what was going on in their lives? And there's some, some, some stuff going on. And so then we says, okay, let's, let's pray for each other. And we started praying, going around the room, praying for each other, praying for the person on your left, and then praying. And this prayer time went on for a, quite a while. Tuesday night, about 8.30, I get an email. It says, praise report. I look at it. And one of the requests that I would have, I just, I'm, I'm there. I, it was like, no, nah, it can't be. <laughs> you know, it can't be. And then, wait a minute, we prayed about that. We just prayed about it a few hours earlier. He says, God, you're working. When the church prays, God moves. Then next morning, get another email from one of our other staff. It says, praise report number two. And it was, it was something that we was totally unexpected, totally out of the blue. It seemed like things were headed this direction. Something turned it around. Now it's headed this direction. And it was, and it was within 24 hours after we had prayed. I'm thinking, why don't we do this more often, right? <laughs> why don't we go to God first? Why don't we pray for one another like the Bible tells us to? Because when the church prays, when his people pray, God moves. Wow. That was exciting. That was exciting. But God, but the church. The church prayed. When the church prayed, God's moved. If he moves in the church, imagine what he can do in the world when God decides to move. Um, Paul challenges us to expand, not just praying for the saints when we're interceding in this intercessory prayer, prayer of lifting others before the Lord. But he says in 1 Timothy, when he's rock, talking to him in, in 2, 1, he says this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions... Prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. He says, just don't, just don't pray for your, as important as it is, and we're talking about praying for one another, but, but think, about, think about the rest of the world. In fact, you know, there's seven Greek nouns that the New Testament uses for prayer. Four of them, interestingly, are found in this verse. Four of the seven are found in this verse. The first two are the most common, and it's, the first one is petitions or supplication. Is, is maybe a, a word you're familiar with, requests, your needs, your desires. He says, bring your needs, your desires, but for all people. Bring those supplications to me. The next one is just a general word, kind of your prayers. But the, the, in the context, it's clearly to God. Your, your, your communication to God is, is prayers. So, so bring, your, bring your supplications, bring your requests, bring your petitions, and bring your prayers. That third one, intercession, actually, actually is, is only used two times in the New Testament. It's got a really cold uh, meaning to it. It's, it's conversation. Have conversation with God. Pray without ceasing. Talk to Him. Walk with Him. When you're, when you're out and about and you're, and you're having conversation with God, and, and maybe it'll be about somebody else instead of you. Maybe it'll be about that person that just cut you off 
in the middle of the road, yeah? Maybe it'd be about that person who, um, who sat there and through the grocery line and, and saw everything being rung up and sits and waits, and then they say, how are you going to pay for it? And it's like they forgot they had to pay for it, and they finally get their purse out, you know, instead of being ready. And that takes another 20 minutes to get the, you know, it doesn't take that long. But, you know, pray for that person. Pray for the kids, you know. Pray those things. Pray for them. Have this conversation with God. Lord, boy, bless that. Bless that lady and those children. Uh, bless that guy who must be in a big hurry. You know, Lord, uh, I don't know what's going on in his life, but Lord may protect him as he drives. You know, pray for each other. And then he, he wants to make sure you, we got it. He says, I, I got to make sure you understand what I'm saying here. And so he adds to it. For kings, all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. He says, especially pray for your leaders. Especially pray for your president, Republican or Democrat. Especially pray for your Congress. Especially pray for your Supreme Court. They need your prayers so that we could live peacefully. Even if you don't agree with them. Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you. And you know, Paul took that seriously because when Paul wrote this word, when Paul wrote this word, Nero was, was the emperor. And it was Nero, a brutal ruler, someone who uh, challenged and, 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 and persecuted the Christians. It was Nero who put Peter and Paul to death. And he wrote, pray for him. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. It's also very practical in our lives. Pray for those even who may disgust you or, or may, you may disagree so much with, you know, Abraham in Genesis 18 pleaded with God for the city of Sodom. He said, oh Lord, spare him, spare him. If you can find 50, if you can 45, 40, 35, all the way down to five. He says, I, I lift them up to you, Lord. They need you. They need you. Spare him, Lord. May we be intercessors for that. Uh, there was an uh, 18th century, 19th century fur trader and the first governor of the New Mexico Territory, um, Charles Bent. He said this, intercessory prayer might be defined as loving our neighbor on our knees. Ah. Loving, which we talked about, we talked about uh, loving each other. We talked about loving our neighbors. Intercessory prayer might be defined as loving our neighbor on our knees? Are we on our knees for our neighbors, for our friends, for those around us? Are we caring for them? Unfortunately, uh, Bent didn't seem to take his own advice. In fact, he was killed. He was uh, scalped and killed by Pueblo warriors in, in 19, 1847 because he was so despised because of the way he treated his hatred for the Mexicans. Kind of odd that you would say that about loving your neighbor and then, and then have such hatred and discrimination in your heart. But we, we see that, don't we? Be doers of the word, James says in chapter one. Very practical and not just hearers. It doesn't matter this morning who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your position, your status. When we are hurting, when we are suffering, when we are confused, when we're dazed, we need our brothers and sisters to pray for us. Job knew this. Job chapter 16, verse 20, he says this, my intercessor 
is my friend. As my eyes pour out tears to God, on behalf of man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. Unfortunately, he was crying this out because his friends were not being intercessors. <laughs> he was kind of angry with his friends. And quite frankly, he was a little angry with God too. He needed somebody to step in. He says, I need intercessors. I need people who will come and pray for you. The good news for you this morning is my last page of notes we're not even going to get to because <laughs> I want to stop. I think we've said enough. The challenge is out there. What I want to do this morning is be doers of the word and not just hearers. I want to, we want to pray. And we want to pray for you. We want to pray for your needs this morning. I want to ask our prayers to come up. And we want to take the end of this service to pray for you. We want to pray for your needs. We want to pray for things that are happening in your life. Because we believe that when the church prays, God moves. Amen? So we're going to take some time in prayer. And before each person prays, uh, I'm going to ask you to stand if, if the area of prayer that we're going to focus on is an area that you need prayer. And interestingly enough, each one of these individuals have walked through what they're praying for and have come through victoriously through that. And so they're going to come and lead us at this time. I want to begin by just saying... We're going to start for a prayer for healing. If you are ill, if you're, if you're, if you're, you're, something's going on and you just would like to be prayed for for healing, or you want to stand up in place of somebody else that needs prayer for healing this morning, we want to pray for you. So as we bow our heads and our eyes are closed, would, would those that need healing, would, or prayer for healing, would you stand? Or if you're going you're to be in standing up for somebody that needs healing, would you stand? And I'm going to ask Sharon, one of our prayer leaders, prayer team leaders, who you saw in the video, to come and lead us in a, this prayer at this time. Jesus said, my Father's house shall be a house of prayer. So let's pray. Abba Father, we have the privilege of calling you Papa God, and we are calling on you now for these your loved ones that have stood, believing and trusting that you are Jehovah Rophe, the God who heals. So we stand in agreement with them. And I think of blind Bartimaeus. When you walked by, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And we pray that now. We call that out on these that have stood. And we ask for your healing power to fall down over them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. And you know what each one of them is going through. You know the number of hairs on their head. You know what's what's going on, what's wrong inside, if there's cells in there, infection in there, germs in there that should not be there, we ask that you draw it out, Lord God. For the ones that need bones that need to be healed, would you put your, your healing oil in between those bone 
hearts that are on bone on bone. And Lord, for the ones with heart problems, we ask, Lord, that you would allow the blood to flow through those arteries, Lord. And for so many, I can't even think of all of the different diseases, high blood pressure and diabetes and fibromyalgia. And for those, Lord, in our congregation. There's so many on the prayer list that are walking through cancer, Lord. Little ones, too. At any age, we ask, Lord God, that you would rip those cancer cells out of their body in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that your word says, ask and you will receive, and we are asking in faith and believing for your healing on this whole congregation. We speak health, Lord, on everyone. Protect us, Lord, from the flu germs, Lord, from, from pneumonia, from shingles, for whatever is going around, Lord God. We pray for health in this body of Christ, and we pray it in the name that is above all names, in the name of Jesus, who's the rider on the white horse, and you are faithful and true, and you are coming back for us, Lord. We pray it in your name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Maybe I know there are maybe some here today that have suffered loss, grief, sorrow, mourning, the loss of a spouse, a loved one, or you want to stand in, stand up this morning for somebody who is in mourning or suffering through this loss. If, if that's you this morning, would you stand? And, and we're going to have Mark, who uh, leads, helps lead our grief share, to come and pray for those uh, still suffering the, the hurt and pain of loss of a loved one. Good morning. We have a special grief share tomorrow night here in the church at 6.30. It's uh, surviving the holidays, so you're welcome to... Uh, come and attend that session. Lord Jesus, I know that you are close to those that are brokenhearted and grieving in their soul, and that you rescue those that are crushed in spirit. Draw near to your many children who are facing times of sadness and loss, and draw each one ever closer to your precious arms of love and support. Thank you that you are wonderfully good to all who wait for you and seek you, and I pray that those of my brothers and sisters in Christ who, for whatever reason, are facing times of grief and hardship in their lives, that in your grace and mercy, you would draw very close to each one and gently carry them on your shoulders as a shepherd carries a little lamb that has been torn by the briars. Be close to all that are grieving today, I pray, and flood their souls with hope, knowing that underneath are your everlasting arms. Give me a heart that is sensitive to those that are grieving, the wisdom to know when to speak words of comfort or when to keep silent. And Lord, I also pray that you would use my life to be a channel of encouragement and hope through whom the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ will flow into their hearts to heal and to help. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that answers prayers. Amen. One of the scourges on our country and our community is the addictions that have come through chemicals and alcohol and others and what we call around here too just your, our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And so if, if you want prayer for uh, freedom from these addictions or maybe there's someone close to you, a family member that is struggling 
with addiction or other hurts, habits, hang-ups, uh, we invite you to stand at this time as Wayne, director of our Celebrate Recovery, comes and prays. Would you, would you stand if that's you this morning? I'm a grateful believer in Jesus who has helped me overcome an addiction to alcohol and many other hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I don't know if you know it or not, but the 12 steps came from the Bible. And step five is, is uh, uh, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. And the biblical comparison is confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, James 5, 16a, which is our service today. So that, I thought that was interesting. Will you pray with me? Lord God, our Father in heaven, we pray that you put your mighty, powerful, strong, and loving arms around each person who is standing here today. And, and Lord, for those who aren't standing that, that should be, may, may you uh, put your arms around them too. May you help us overcome the uh, turmoil and, and the hurt that comes from addiction and, and all these habits and hang-ups that, that we carry. This, that Satan's uh, grip on us will, will, will cease as we look at each other and, and pray for each other and, and work through these issues. We pray, Lord, that, uh, as, as, that you help us to overcome all these things that uh, drag us down and, and cause so much turmoil and hurt in our lives. We pray, Lord, that uh, uh, the one and only higher power, Jesus Christ, helps us through each situation that we're dealing with. And may you give us peace and understanding as, to, as we go, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Finally, um, those of us that are facing uncertainties, Maybe that uncertainty is at home, in a marriage, in a family relationship, in a, at work, a financial uncertainty, whatever that may be. I know this world can be a challenge. If you're facing uncertainty or you want to stand in for somebody between jobs, whatever, that, that may be facing uncertainties uh, in their lives, would you stand? And Debbie, another one of our prayer leaders, is going to come and pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today humbly. You're the creator of the universe, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and we just come because we need your provision. We thank you for the way you gave your son so that we could have eternal hope. We thank you for the way you've given us scripture so that we can go to it when we can't even see how are we going to get past this obstacle. You gave us examples like Daniel, who spent time alone with a bunch of lions but came out way better off than he went in and how that was just such a witness to the king. We think of the three men that went into a furnace that was so hot that the guards burned up. We look at Job and how his friends even turned on him. In current times, we know friends that have gone through ugly divorces and you just wonder, how are you gonna provide? What's gonna happen with your children? People have lost their job and they don't know how to provide. We see now in California where people are losing their homes and their livelihoods. We look into Israel and how they're bombed. They have to spend the night in a bombshell. These are too big for our minds, but you have a way. You told us that your ways are not our ways. And how can we even come out victorious? Sometimes we don't even think we can survive, but we know that we can depend on you, even if we don't see how it will happen. As a church congregation, open our eyes to see the people that are suffering. Maybe we have a story that they don't even know about. 
we come to you knowing that you have an answer for each and every one of these, and it'll come out of your riches, which are boundless. You're anxious to make beauty out of ashes, and we look forward to that time. We ask that you give each and every one of us that don't have hope now, have hope. And we know that you have an answer, and we're looking forward to hearing about it. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Uh, before I pray for us all, I want to ask you to do something for me. And I don't normally say I'd really like you to do this, but I'd really like you to do this. Um, we would like and I would like to pray for everybody by name that's in service here today. So in your programs, the Connect card, there are some in the, in the seats too, and, or uh, maybe uh, Pastor Eric has some extras. If you could just, if you do nothing else, just write your name. And, and, may, and you don't even have to put it in the box if you just leave it on the pew when you leave. We got people to go around and pick them up. But if you could do that while I'm praying or, or after I pray, I, I would so appreciate it because I believe pr praying for you by name is one of the great privileges I have as a pastor. And so that would be so cool, and I appreciate that. Um, just leave them there, and we'll pick them up. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the needs that have been expressed openly. And, Lord, we, I know we haven't hit near all of them, but yet, Lord, you are God, and you know the needs in our hearts. Lord, you know, you know the needs um, that even before we know uh, what's going to come our way. Lord, I thank you for our friends and family that have prayed for me. I thank you for the opportunity to pray for each one here and for our prayers that we have here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give us, like Paul uh, has prayed for, Lord, that you would give us the right words this week, wherever we go, whether it's at home, school, work, play, uh, Lord, fun things, whatever we're doing, give us the words. Lord, give us, give us uh, the courage to speak the words that you have for us. And then, Lord, most of all, uh, give, us, give us discernment, give us wisdom, on when to say and what to say. And Lord, may, may you be lifted up. Lord, we see those that are walking away. Lord, those that are falling away. Lord, help us through our words, through our prayers to help draw them back. Lord, when the, we believe when the church prays that you will work. And so Lord, we want to be a praying church. We want to be a church that is loving our neighbors by being on our knees. Lord, help us this week as we come to this time of Thanksgiving to remember, to remember, Lord, those those words of appreciation, not just to those around the table, but those who have meant so much to us, those who we care about on a Sunday morning. And Lord, may we be reminded of that James 5.16, that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and it is effective. And that's a righteous man, a righteous woman, a righteous person. Lord, help us to be, Lord, help us to be praying and praying out hearts of humility and love and generosity and righteousness. Go with us this week. Speak to us through your word and help us to be the men and the women that you've called us to be wherever you put us. Open our mouths, let us speak. Let us be slow to, slow to speak, though, and quick to listen and love our neighbor as ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Thank you, and I appreciate you. We, we appreciate you putting your name on that prayer card to allow us to lift all of you up in prayer. And uh, if you really didn't want to put your name on the card to be prayed over, it turns out that uh, I spent uh, time earlier praying over the exact seat that you're sitting on. So you've been prayed for whether you like it or not. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I really believe that 
you all are here on purpose. And I hope that we have a chance to, to lift you up in prayer. Um, prayer. Praying for one another is just one way that we respond to God's presence with us as we experience it here as the body of Christ. So I just want to uh, reiter reiterate a couple of other uh, opportunities to respond to how God is calling us uh, first and foremost to um, uh, for our friends and family Christmas celebration uh, that's uh, coming up on December 9th. It's a way for us to join together and uh, get to know each other, to connect with uh, others um, through a variety of different experiences that you can uh, read about more in your program. Uh, we also, if you have an urge to, to serve and to specifically pour into young people in our congregation. One of the ways we do that is through Upward Basketball that will start in the new year. And um, if you would like to referee or coach uh, either the basketball or the cheerleading, we, we'd love for more coaches or, or referees. If you don't really know how to do all of that, well, we have uh, really good trainers to let you know how to do that. Uh, it really is a ministry just to pour into our young people, so we invite you uh, to consider how you could serve uh, in that capacity. Um, and there's lots of different ways you can find in your program of uh, not only growing deeper in your faith, but, but serving together. It is just a privilege to be here as, as, as the body of Christ, as the community of faith. And I pray that uh, during this series, you uh, have a deeper sense of what it means to be uh, the church of, of Jesus Christ. And don't forget on your way out, um, there are the offering boxes that you can stick your offering or the connect cards if you think about it. Uh, but you could also leave the, those cards in the seats and we'll grab them there uh, as well. So as you go, may you be blessed. May you be blessed by God's spirit. To have a name or a specific situation that would bug you to the point that you can't help but to pray for it and for them. May we be a praying people, a praying church for one another and for the world as God has called us to pray. And we, may we do that, not through our own strength, but through the power of Jesus Christ. Go in his name and go in his peace. You are dismissed. <laughs>